you know what I love about these shows is they always keep you keep you thinking and wondering about you know different aspects of technology and and our everyday lives as technology is constantly evolving and changing Mm -hmm. around us everyone and welcome to another episode of atlas now streaming my name is allison and my fellow co-host jamie is out this week as she just had a new baby last week congratulations so i am joined by uh, jamie's uh, replacement or fill-in while she's out on maternity leave Um, i'm here with emily yeah. Hi, Emily Seaton, brand specialist temp, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, she's an intern that's here with us through the summer, and um, I decided to have her join me on this episode, so it wasn't 45, 50 minutes of me just talking to myself. So this week, we are tackling season five of Black Mirror. If you haven't heard of the show, it um, actually, I believe it started on BBC and now it mm-hmm. is on Netflix. So as I said, this is the fifth season. However, it's a little bit different than your traditional television show in that every episode is a little bit longer and um, it follows generally one story. So season five has three episodes um the episodes are striking vipers smithereens and rachel jack and ashley too so we're going to talk about each episode go over the plot um and then i think that we should spend um a lot of time kind of dissecting the plot a little bit and kind Mm -hmm. of the easter eggs and the different things that are in it so um spoilers ahead and a little bit of a content warning because some of the themes in these shows can be a little heavy um Mm -hmm. so if you're not familiar with black mirror um the title in and of itself is um kind of like a, a to hold a mirror up to society to kind of reflect on some of the issues that are going on kind of surrounding technology and um, social media in a lot of different ways. Um, and and Black Mirror is kind of like the cell phone screen of what you're looking at. You know, it's a when it's dead and you're looking at your iPhone, it is a black <laughs> mirror. Basically, yeah. So we'll jump into the first episode, season five, Striking Vipers. So um, this stars Anthony Mackie and Pom Kalemanetef, I think that's his yeah, name. I think so. Um, and it starts with um, Anthony Mackie's character, Danny, and his girlfriend, 11 years in the past, um, at a bar. And um, you basically get to see them. They're hanging out at the bar with their friends. They end up going back to their apartment and, you know, having sex very passionately. And then Danny stays up all night with his roommate, Carl, playing this game called Striking Vipers. And um, 
our little throwback kind of ends then and it flash forwards to 11 years in the future with Danny's 38th birthday. And Carl shows up to the party with a gift for Danny, which is actually Striking Vipers X or Striking Vipers 10. It's the newest version of the game that they used to play. And it also includes this amazing uh, virtual reality thing that comes along with the game. And it says it's a fully immersive experience. It's definitely very weird and something you would not expect for virtual reality. Yes, it's truly, if you have seen um, other episodes of Black Mirror, it's um, similar to San Junipero where they kind of upload their consciousness to this cloud where they can relive certain periods of their life. Um, But they end up both playing this game that night and um, it's kind of like a Mortal Kombat. The game is. Mm-hmm. I'm not super well versed in video games. I yeah, apologize me neither, but... to anyone if I do disservice <laughs> to your game, to your arcade games. But it's kind of like Mortal Kombat, like one v one fighting. And um, Carl plays a character, an avatar, Roxette, and Danny plays an avatar. Um, named Lance. Lance is, I guess you would say, he's kind of like a dojo karate master, and Mm -hmm. Roxette is kind of like the typical, like, anime Asian fighter, in a way, and um, they start fighting. Roxette is just, like, beating the crap out of (laughs) Lance, and they end up, you know, tumbling around, Mm -hmm. and uh, I should specify that Roxette is a female character that Carl is playing and that Danny is uh, Lance, a male character, and they end up, like, starting to kiss. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. And um, as, you know, they immediately get a little bit freaked out and um, Danny decides to exit the game right away and they don't really talk about it. You know, things are a little little bit weird, a little bit strange. The next night... Danny's up. They, they're both kind of, you know, tossing and turning or and, you know, thinking about the game. And, and Danny's up. He's playing his old Tetris game on, on his video game console. And Carl invites him to play the game again. And uh, they play the game again. They, they start to fight. But then things get intimate. Um, they, their avatars end up having sex. And it's really strange. This thing keeps happening over and over. Meanwhile, in real life, Carl has like a a girl who's much younger than him. She's like 26 years old. Um, he's starting to pull away from her. He's unable to perform um, in the bedroom. And likewise with Danny, him and his wife are tracking her fertility. They want to have another baby. And he keeps coming up with the excuse, oh, I'm too tired, I'm too tired. But he'll spend all his time playing this game. And uh, months go by, and it ends up being uh, Danny and his wife Theo's anniversary. And at their anniversary dinner, Theo confronts Danny, and she's like, you check out. I don't know what's going on. You don't even kiss me. You don't want to touch me. Um, She says... You know, you don't even want to have a baby with me. If we're going to have a baby, you have to have sex with me. You know, in order to make a baby, we we actually have to have sex. So Danny, 
you know, he's obviously affected by this and he tells Carl, I'm done. I can't play this game. Carl freaks out. Mm-hmm. And he gets really upset and he says to him, you know, it, it's not like that. You know, I think both of them are kind of afraid of the fact that maybe this is like cheating and mm-hmm. that it's like like a gay thing and um Carl says oh no it's it's just like a just like watching porn and Danny ends up you know putting the game away and uh leaving it alone mm-hmm. storing it away um eventually a months go by, Theo does get pregnant, and on Danny's following birthday's 39th birthday, Theo invites Carl to dinner. And Carl is essentially trying to seduce Danny in a yeah. way. It's super strange, but Danny mm-hmm. or Carl says, oh, I've, you know, I have experimented with other gamers. Um, he even says that he had sex with, I can't remember the name of the avatar, but it's a polar bear. Yeah. He's like, I even had sex with a polar bear. The polar bear. That's how desperate I was. That's like basically what he was saying. Yes. And he's like, nothing compares. And he's like, I know that you haven't found anything like it either. So he, Carl tells Danny, um, I'll be on at midnight. So... Um, after months and months of not playing this game, mm-hmm. we have to assume at least seven months, I think is what they said. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, Danny gets back on and, and they play and they end up having sex. Their avatars do. Mm-hmm. And in the heat of the moment, uh, Roxette, who's Carl's avatar, says, I love you. Whoa, big. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Danny's all upset. He's like, where, do, you know, where does this go from here? He is really freaked out. Carl apologizes. And, uh, you know, Danny ends up saying, let's meet in person, like IRL. So they meet. And Danny says, in order to figure this out, we got to kiss. And if there's fireworks, then we know what it is. If not, then then it ends there so they're in this kind of weird like back alley I suppose Mm -hmm. and uh they kiss and nothing happens they say nothing happens they say nothing happens but like looking at them after they kiss when they like do their whole like bro we're good hug thing it's like whoa like both of them seem a little like there are some feels there I don't know if they just were like disappointed that there was no actual sparks or if they're both just lying to like themselves and each other. I don't know. I think Danny was uh, lying to himself a little bit more. I think so. Because he has this like kind of look of longing, I, I guess, is what I would say on his face. So, right. so they get kind of angry at each other and they end up brawling and the police show up and feels really pissed and she's like, what's going on? You have to tell me what happens. Flash forward, it's Danny's 40th birthday and at the end of the night, um, Theo and Danny exchange little boxes. And they say, I want it back in the morning. They say, likewise. And it ends up being that it is um, the the VR game add-on for Danny and for Theo. It's her box for her wedding ring. Because when she is arguing with Danny over their anniversary dinner, she says that there was a guy hitting me at the, hitting on me at the bar and I almost wanted to, you know, jump his bones to feel some passion. So 
it's like they have this agreement between the two of them that whether you know once a year on his birthday he gets to go have sex as an avatar with his friend and she gets to go hook up with a stranger and um that's it that's the end of the episode yeah it's whoa i during the whole episode i was like oh my gosh you know as things kept going further and further I I was like, this is insane. This is so crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the theme of Black Mirror. It really makes right. you think, and it's a lot of, like, self-reflection and reflection of society in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Well, then, like, so with the whole VR game, like, every time, like, when it initially happened, the first time they, like, started to do sexual activities, I was like, why didn't the game allow this? Like, right. Like, that was the whole thing. And then so when I was looking up this episode, I found out that, like, this person was like, how can this happen? Because that means that the person who made this game had to have programmed those activities into the game. Mm -hmm. Because essentially, like, you have to make sure that the players can do whatever they want to do. So you have to program that in there. And so they had to have programmed that in there. Mm -hmm. So that game was basically made to have that ability, which is bizarre. Like, that's an insane way of having virtual reality I guess yeah super super weird and um I you know I was doing some some research and some further reading and um you know I think for for one um you know the the idea of hyper masculinity is so ingrained in a lot of men from a young age and you know playing video games it's about fighting it's about you know killing people or or Mm -hmm. whatever it is and um you know having a an attraction to albeit it's a a male avatar and a female avatar um you know Carl makes a statement that he's like, I'm not attracted to, to Lance. I'm attracted to the man behind the avatar. And I think it's a commentary on, you know, sexual fluidity in a lot of ways. Right. Um, you know, things have changed so much over the last um, 10, 20, 30, 50 years as regards to sexuality and uh, some people may have never even heard the term of sexually fluid, but it's kind of a, um, there's, you know, no hard and fast, I don't know the best way to explain it, but like rules right. and it's not like you're 100% this or 100% that. It's kind mm-hmm. of you're attracted to a person regardless of their, what their body or what they are presenting mm-hmm. as it's a very very interesting thought to kind of have people like to invoke upon people I suppose right and like that's what Black Mirror does though is like they give you this whole new perspective on a situation that's been going on like around you for years and years but it's like a whole different storyline so it's like easier to understand I guess what's going on like initially I thought that maybe Carl ended up like possibly wanting to do the transformation to becoming a woman because he was talking about how um in the game being a woman like the sex felt so much better Mm -hmm. and so initially I was like well maybe like this is how Carl's gonna find out that he wants to transform into a woman 
And I was like, that's awesome for him. But then that wasn't it at all because he, like, he didn't want to, I don't know. It was just like he wasn't attracted to men outside of the game. It mm-hmm. was weird. I was like, this is interesting. Um, in the LGBTQ+, and that plus there is questioning as well. And I think that this kind of, um, you know, maybe was trying to be inclusive as w- to people who are questioning um, in that too because they really are they do question their sexuality and part of me thought that Danny was gonna tell his wife that he was like well I'm gay and I'm in love with Carl mm-hmm. and I actually thought that in real life Danny and Carl were going to have sex I thought so too and then like I kind of was rooting for it I was like that'd be really cute if they like got together and then I mean I wasn't disappointed with the ending I still like I don't know I was rooting for them to still be able to be together Mm-hmm. But I think we kind of got that in the yeah, end. I we mean, did. they get to get to do that, and uh, Theo, Danny's wife, gets to be happy. I just think that it's an interesting commentary too, because um, along with virtual reality in these video games, I know that people can play games with others all over the country and all over the world. And I think too that. Um, a lot of people form really strong bonds and friendships with people. And mm-hmm. I know that people fall in love with others too. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, again, back to the sexual fluidity, but I think it's more about like saying, okay, you can fall in love with a person. Um, you know, there is this intense passion bet- but for these, you know, these avatars. Um, but you can fall in love with uh, with a person. It doesn't have to be because you're only attracted to women. You can only fall in love with women, et cetera. So I think it's interesting, maybe an uncomfortable topic for um, some people who uh, aren't as linked or don't have much connection to the LGBTQ plus community. But all in all, I really liked this episode. I found myself sitting there like, oh my God, no way. I couldn't even believe that it was going Mm -hmm. this way. I didn't read any spoilers. So um, I was really excited with, you know, watching this one. Me too. I had a friend tell me like that when it first came out, because we watched Black Mirror all the time when we were at school and he was like, yeah, there's an episode where like two men like fall in love in a video game and so like that's my only like thing I had going into this episode and then I was not expecting this at all like mm-hmm. this storyline I was not expecting that at all I was like oh that's kind of a cute story like two guys fall in love in a video game mm-hmm. and then it was like no this is not what it is at all and it was a really interesting take on VR video games and how that could possibly probably hope not that it's not like that in the future because that's really weird mm-hmm. but <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was just interesting. It was not something I was expecting, but I really enjoyed the episode. Right. And if you're a huge fan of Black Mirror, there are a lot of Easter eggs. A lot. So we'll just mention a couple. First of all, uh, this is actually filmed in Sao Paulo, Brazil, which I think is really interesting. All these episodes were filmed in different locations. And, you know, as I mentioned, there's the polar bear character that Carl mm-hmm. talks about. And that is a recurring theme back to, um, gosh. White Bear. White Bear. And um, that was like season one, episode two. Yeah, season one, I think. I think. 
and um, I talked about the VR headpiece. They use that in um, the episode San Junipero Mm -hmm. and also USS Callister. Um, Additionally, I mean, a lot of the the episodes of Black Mirror do focus on kind of uploading consciousness or copying consciousness from um, like the christmas episode with the cookie to actually going into the ashley 2 episode Mm -hmm. and um you know even the uss callister they do a lot of this uploading of the consciousness what was the one where like the woman's husband died and so she i'll be right back right that That was a weird one that one was super weird but that one they basically just like completely remade the man into like a doll yeah, but it was like, it was real, except it couldn't, it didn't understand feelings. But yeah, anyway, so it's same like concept of having that, like, your consciousness can be uploaded and saved mm-hmm. in case you ever wanted to use it again. I don't know. It's a really weird concept. It's super weird. And then the video game maker is Shu Shao Sato, um, and they also are the same maker of Playtest, which is the one he you know plays the video game where he's in the house and he like feels real pain oh yeah yeah i don't remember his name either but that one was that was a weird episode too yeah um we'll go over our ratings for each of these episodes at the end because i think Mm -hmm. we've got a lot to cover we do so the next episode um episode two is called smithereens and this one stars um andrew scott which if you have amazon prime and um have seen the show fleabag on amazon prime you must watch it and he's in it it's so good i i'm obsessed with it it's so good and um this one was filmed in uh, kent in the uk and um what's interesting about this episode is that the audience is left out of a lot of information a lot um which kind of lends to some of the mystery and um you know the conclusion of 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 the episode or the motive i suppose for Mm -hmm. the um the main character in it so um there is this gentleman chris gilhaney who um drives for a rideshare um it's called hitcher kind of like uber and he is always parked outside of this building um, the Smithereens headquarters, which I would equate to Twitter. Yeah, definitely like a Twitter type of social media. <clears throat> and he is posted up out there waiting to uh, pick up people who work at Smithereens. And um, his motive, which we come to find out, is because he wants to kidnap one of them. And also in the episode, we see Chris going to a grief counseling or grief support group. Um, he ends up going home with this woman who expresses in the group that her daughter died and she, um, you know, died by suicide and she wanted to know how it happened and um, or, or why because, um, you know, she wants a little bit of closure and she has been trying to get into her daughter's persona account, which I would say is like Facebook. Mm-hmm. And she gets to try three passwords every 24 hours. And Chris sees her 
do this. And, um, you know, she talks about how the company persona won't give it to her because it's like a contract between her or between her daughter Chrissy and persona and that the only thing that they can really do is put it into a memorialized account so the following day Chris actually picks up somebody who does work at smithereens and it's this um, younger sharply dressed man named Jaden and he's heading to the airport you know with a nice suitcase and he's and Chris tells him oh you know there's a crash ahead but this app you know well I can take us an alternate route it might just be kind of like a curvy road they end up pulling up to um kind of out in the country I suppose Mm -hmm. and they you know Chris tells him you got to put these um oh my gosh zip ties on yep. and to get in the trunk and Chris finds out that Jaden is actually an intern he's only been there for a week the reason he's so sharply dressed is it's his first week he has a suitcase to take to this higher up gal mm-hmm. with a bunch of outfits and and you know Chris demands that he um, call and speak to you know, his, his goal is to talk to Billy Bauer, who is the creator of Smithereens. So it would kind of be like Jack from Twitter. And, um, you know, Jaden's like, I'm only an intern. I don't know anybody. The only person I know, the highest up person I know is in HR. Um, he calls into HR and they end up, you know, the, the director of HR gal ends up, you know, linking it with the police um smithereens is able to kind of link in and get into chris's phone so they're almost on this four-way call right um, well like before that though so the police had seen um chris driving with Jaden in the back seat because yes. Jaden was gonna throw up so he sat up and he had a bag over his head um and so they passed a gas station where police officers were and this those police women she's like did you see that that was really weird i think someone had a bag over their head in that seat so they start following him they end up getting into like this chase and then they crash and so Chris is stuck in this field in his car with Jaden and they're surrounded by police officers so that's like how they get caught essentially and then mm-hmm. everyone kind of links up and things start to make sense that way mm-hmm. so and Chris has a gun of course mm-hmm. um but they're able to yeah triangulate this and get in listening to his phone they get you know they Chris demands that he speak with Billy or he's going to blow this kid's head off. You know, they're trying to get in touch with Billy. They end up talking to, you know, uh, a really higher up at Smithereens. They're talking to the police. They're talking to, you know, the police negotiator speaks to him. And Chris, you know, he says, I've studied you. I've heard about you. You try to use these tactics on me. And he's Mm -hmm. like, if you don't you know, fuck off and drive away. I'm going to blow this kid's brain out. You got 50 seconds. You know, he's really, really angry. You know, we also see in the beginning, I forgot to mention this, but, you know, towards the beginning of the episode, we, they follow Chris a little bit and, you know, he's sitting at a diner and getting some food and he sees everyone on their phones and he hears the, the clicks and the link, the likes and the buzzes. Mm -hmm. And it really, really gets to him. He gets, um, very irate. So, you know, while he's on hold, it's kind of funny, while he's on hold 
with the smithereens people waiting for them to get in touch with billy they're putting on this playlist for him and it's very bizarre and weird um but he kind of says you know this is your final day this is your last day he's repeating this to himself and Mm -hmm. they've got snipers shut up ready to take a shot and um interestingly enough billy bauer the creator of smithereens is on a 10-day silent retreat in the middle of nowhere utah they end up sending some individuals there to get in touch with him and they advise billy not to engage you know what if he wants money and billy played by topher grace which we i love him i haven't seen a lot of him lately but he's Mm -hmm. from that 70s show um if you're not familiar and um he's actually really willing to to talk to him and Mm -hmm. um after some back and forth chris and billy have a one-on-one conversation between the two of them while they're in the car and um we find out from chris that three years ago you know he was addicted to smithereens he or smithereen rather he was always on it and and one night he was out with his fiance she was sleeping in the car and he was just bored while he was driving and um he was looking at a dog photo or something Mm -hmm. and he ended up getting into a car accident his fiance died and the other driver died but the other driver was blamed because they were drunk um but chris knew and if in his heart of hearts that it was his fault so he was telling billy this and he said, you know, you make these things to be addictive on, perfe- on purpose. It's like a crack pipe, you know. I can't, you know, people can't take their eyes away from it. And um, eventually Jaden, you know, he gets, he, um, or he's in the car and they get a clear shot of, of Chris and the sniper pulls a trigger and kills him. And that's the end of the Supposedly episode. Kills Supposedly. Him. It just leaves at like the worst spot they like make you wonder who dies they don't show anything like they don't show you who dies but i mean we all just kind of assume it's chris i think he gets blown to smithereens chris so (laughs) yes he does he does he does a little bit another crazy episode Mm -hmm. which um i think this one is kind of um i don't know if like dramatic is the right word but it was definitely tense like I was tense the whole time it was tense for sure it was like um because you don't really know what's happening Mm -hmm. and you don't have all of the information so you're kind of waiting to figure out or waiting you know for the reasoning to to come out and to figure out okay why the heck is this crazy guy doing this but I think that um you know this topic of being like addicted to social media and I'm even like bored while you're driving I totally understand this Mm -hmm. and I I totally relate I think that you know people I could sit here you know my phone's on on uh vibrate I've only gotten one email in the past 33 minutes but um (laughs) and I have ADHD so every little thing is super distracting to me and I totally understand um you know myself and either even others especially I mean even the like younger people being like addicted to the notifications and the likes and the interaction on social media I mean the Mm -hmm. fact that he said I was bored while I was driving to some people may sound 
insane or asinine, but I know that there are people that relate to that too. Yeah, for sure. And it was just really interesting because like the whole time during this episode, Chris is like, you guys are always addicted to your phones. Like when he initially was kidnapping Jaden, he went on with this, on this rant about how everyone's always addicted to their phones. They never look up. He's like, I just drove you out into the middle of the country and you didn't even notice because you were glued to your phone. And like he was just going on and on about that. And I thought it was really interesting because at the end of the episode, after the sniper shot happened, they just show people on their phones, like at different times and different places. Mm-hmm. And like after the credits. And um, and then I read somewhere that like that's basically what the episode was trying to like make people realize is that no matter what's going on and how dramatic it's going on, like there's still people out there who like don't care and are just going to be on their phones. And then after the episode ends, everyone's like left on this cliffhanger of, who died and then you immediately go on your phone to look it up and that's exactly what smithereens was trying to prove like that's what you do like you just you always go on your phone to figure things out you always go on your phone to socialize like that was the whole point of this episode and they basically forced the viewer to fall into that as well Mm -hmm. it was interesting and i mean i'm sure so many people can relate but my phone is literally not more than three feet from me except when I go to the bathroom at work. It's hard for me and hard for a lot of people to put their phone down or to not, you know, look at Facebook and look at notifications. I mean, I post on Facebook, um, you know, every once in a while, but I'm on it every day scrolling, scrolling, scrolling Mm -hmm. pointlessly. And it's like an infinity scroll. Like Chris says on the episode, I was, it was a dog picture or liked a dog photo. And Mm -hmm. that's what took my eyes away from the screen. Like that wasn't worth it. Yeah. That's what this show does. And it's so crazy and it's so good. One thing that I've done is I turned off like all my notifications for Facebook because I'll get notifications for all these different groups that I'm in. Um, and I'm constantly snoozing things that I see in my timeline mm-hmm. um, because it's really, really hard for me to try to go about my day or not you know, look at my phone every time I see a little notification. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that. And um, more kind of a, you know, morbid thing behind this is there are so many people that die at the hands of cell phones. Exactly. Hundred or 1.6 million car crashes in the U.S. in 2018 were related to cell phones. And they say, you know, picking up your phone to um, look at a text takes your eyes off for five seconds if you're going you know 55 miles an hour that's the length of a football field can you imagine closing your eyes and driving 100 yards in your car Mm-mm. and there's just people- crazy yes crazy and you know I, th- I think not only commentary on how addicted we are to social media but texting and driving and mm-hmm. doing all those things while driving is really really scary but more horrible and tragic things happen just like illustrated in the mm-hmm. show and um I think it's kind of a people's rebellion against these these social media sites mm-hmm. because they do they like Billy says in the show he goes you know what I created in 2008 is not what it is now exactly he said there's rooms of engineers and and there's algorithms that keep people interested that keep people going and it's by design. It's to 
keep you engaged with these apps and with your phone and to sell to you because you're a consumer. Right. It's all about the money. But this episode does a great job of showing the consequences for like being addicted to this kind of stuff. Exactly with Chris's situation where he picked up his phone for two seconds and that's all it took mm-hmm. for his wife to be killed. And I think it definitely show, it definitely does a good job of showing that guilt eating him alive throughout this entire episode, even though it had been already three years. Like initially you're like, I don't even know why this guy is kidnapping him. So he's a horrible person. And at the end, you're kind of just like, wow. I mean, you kind of empathize with him because like that's a horrible thing to live with for that long. Yeah. And he's suffering. And um, at the end, he's finally exonerated in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells he tells Billy what he did. So he, you know, he's he's exonerated in a way. And, you know, as I mentioned, he said, this is your last day. And we assume that he gets killed. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he dies at the hands of, of this, you know, right. kind of because of social media too Mm -hmm. well before that like before he was shot he was about to kill himself Mm -hmm. and so Jaden was trying to steal the gun from him so he wouldn't kill himself because Jaden heard this whole conversation well at least Chris's side of it and so he understood why I guess in a way why Chris was doing this and Jaden was like you don't have to kill yourself because of this like like it's not your fault like you it'll be okay everything's gonna be okay and so he was trying to save his life essentially really good episode it was um, a really good episode. not as um like stomach churning Mm-mm. as some of the other episodes yeah for sure <laughs> you've seen um if you have this one watched. felt a lot more black mirror like than the other two from this season i feel like this one was definitely more of like this is black mirror initially yeah and to me this wasn't this is not outside the realm of possibilities this is now this is current yeah for sure this is something that could happen to anybody mm-hmm. at any time and so I think probably the most relevant so um and additionally um there were tons of easter eggs in this one too mm-hmm. all over you have to look kind of closely for them but in the smithereens headquarters you can see they had the trending hashtags and they talk about you know the the game release they talk about um, you know, you see a hospital called St. Junipers, which is a homage to San Junipero. Mm-hmm. They talk about um, Prime Minister Callow from the pilot episode of, of season one, National Anthem, mm-hmm. and um, just names everywhere of people yeah. from, from other episodes. Right. Like when they show his uh, map on, what's it, Hitcher? Hitcher. Yeah, Hitcher. Uh, when they show his map, like, right next to the Smithereens building is actually Bandersnatch Theater as well. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Another great episode again, Smithereens. Um, we'll move on to the next one, the final episode, yes. which um, is called Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2, um, starring someone that uh, you've probably all seen before. Probably heard of her. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, <laughs> a.k.a. Hannah Montana. And um, this is a really interesting episode. In um, for one, the main character—it's hard to figure out who the who the main character is, or it yeah. kind of shifts. It does shift a lot as as the episode um, goes on. So the episode opens with our um, 
our main girl, Rachel, who we know um, just from her body language and uh, her the scenery at school that she doesn't have a lot of friends. She's kind of newer to school and she is pretty down on herself, lacks a lot of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, in her home, it's her, her sister Jack and their dad. Um, it becomes evident that Rachel and Jack's mom um, died a few years ago from cancer, I believe. And then their dad um, works as a pest control specialist, like a rat exterminator. And the one, um, or the I guess the main quality or personality trait of Rachel, aside from her being shy and low self-esteem, low confidence, is that she is obsessed with this pop star, Ashley O, who is portrayed by Miley Cyrus. She watches her videos. Um, she watches her interview. She listens to her mm-hmm. music constantly. And um, the latest Ashley O merchandise out on the market is the Ashley 2 doll, which is this little robot doll that you can have around you all times that has the same personality traits as Ashley O, which is pretty cute. And, um, you know, Rachel asked her dad for it for her birthday. She does get it. When Rachel sees the, the interview for this, Ashley O is promoting her little doll. And when the news interview segment is over, you can see Ashley O's face like drops immediately. Mm-hmm. And she is kind of, you know, moping around. She's very sad. She lives in this big, um, glass house in the suburbs you know one would think it's probably like Calabasas or something like that and um, you know she's very creative she's very talented and her manager is also her aunt Catherine who took her in um, when she was young when both of her parents died and Catherine was 22 years old and Ashley has um, you know she says that she gets inspiration for her songs from her dreams so you know she'll wake up and she'll write things down in her little journal and then she may go sit at the piano and and write some songs so Catherine happens upon Ashley at the piano and she is um you know singing a little song which is actually a nine inch nails song you know she's playing this song and Catherine's like oh Sounds a little dark. Um, and then, you know, we pan back over to Rachel and Jack. And Rachel, you know, she's obsessed with Ashley too, of course. She is listening to her music. She's talking to Ashley. She's turning, Ashley is kind of turning into her best friend. She's learning, mm-hmm. you know, the dance moves to her songs. And she is encouraged by the Ashley 2 doll to audition for her talent show. It's cool. Which she goes and does, and she's all dressed up. Um, She just kind of goes out there and does her whole act, and she ends up bombing, and it's, you know, embarrassing and sad. And Jack, her sister, you know, is really upset. She's had interactions with the Ashley 2 doll, 
and you know Ashley too kind of got under her skin and realized you know the reason that she listens to the music she does is because it's what her mom listened to and she's kind of grieving her mom and Jack gets upset so she tosses the Ashley two doll into the attic because she thinks it's a bad influence on her sister obviously Rachel gets really upset and you know she's pissed at her meanwhile Ashley is struggling with her mental health in a lot of ways and kind of finding herself she wants to reinvent herself in a way she wants to change her sound she wants to be able to play the songs that she has been writing more recently but her aunt and her doctor quote doctor and other managers you know they're they're meeting and they're like we have to recoup our losses from the Ashley two dolls and she needs to write another album and um, they come to find out that the medication they've been giving Ashley um, she's been stowing it away she's been hiding it and this really really upsets them you know Catherine and Ashley they they sit down for dinner and um, they have this con- they they mention this contract that they have where Ashley says, you know, I'm I'm in this contract till I'm 25, but since Catherine broke the law by giving her these illegal drugs, which I assume are kind of like a mind control drug. It was um some drugs that were forcing her to have happy thoughts okay. instead of like the dark sad ones. So that way she would create happy songs and yeah. positive songs that they can actually produce and sell. So it was all about the money. <laughs> yeah. And it's always all about the money. So, you know, Catherine's upset and um, she tells her, you know, I actually ground up all your pills and I put them in your food and you're going to sit down and you're going to do what I say. She ends up falling into a coma. She lies about it to the press naturally. Says that Ashley fell into a coma because she has a shellfish allergy. Well, the, uh, the Ashley 2 doll is sitting on the bookshelf in Jack and Rachel's room and is awoken by uh, the news saying the phrase, mm-hmm. Ashley, wake up. And the Ashley 2 doll, you know, sees this and has like a major malfunction and um, ends up kind of like blacking out in a way. So the girls take it to their dad's lab and, you know, he is a a rat exterminator but he's he's been experimenting with you know these little robot rats that will go out and they will just zap the the little mouse dead mm-hmm. so they plug it in and they see this kind of like neural layout with a tiny little blue dot with like red around it so they click it and it kind of like unlocks and it we find out takes the limiter off of the brain and we then learn that what they did is actually copied all of Ashley's personality into the Ashley two dolls and put a limiter around the fun happy excited four percent of her brain and we learned that you know a copy of Ashley is in all of these dolls so Ashley two doll says we've got to get to the house so that I can upload all of the evidence and expose expose my aunt so you know they end up working their way into the house and the Ashley two doll you know goes upstairs where you know Ashley oh the real Ashley oh is she's in this coma and she's on life support and what they've been doing with her actually 
is um, using different technologies to kind of harvest songs from her brain, mm-hmm. which I can't even go, uh, is so wrong in so many ways. They're, you know, they'll they'll get these songs, they'll tweak them, they have a new album that they're going to come out with. And um, Ashley's Aunt Catherine is at this, you know, big board meeting to present this whole thing, Ashley Eternal, where... They were able to not only harvest the songs, since they had all this voice capture for the Ashley 2 doll, they have her voice and her personality. And there's so many images of her, because when she was in the hospital, they took a full body scan of her. So this Ashley Eternal, which is a hologram, essentially, and it allows her to do virtual concerts from all over the world at any time and you know, even if an artist is incapacitated, they can still perform, aka make money off of them. Mm-hmm. They are always going to be very compliant. They're scalable. They can change their outfits. Mm-hmm. They, as long as you've got somebody in a in a suit with the VR capture motion capture things on it, you're going to have your artist. Meanwhile, back at the house, the Ashley Tudal, she actually ends up unplugging. Ashley. Jack and Rachel are very upset. And, you know, Ashley too says, I know me, I wouldn't want to live in this state at all. What ends up happening is that Ashley O wakes up. She wasn't really in a coma. She, they were sedating her and, you know, taking advantage of her and harvesting all of these things from her to make money to pacify her because she was very non-compliant. Um, she's kind of locked up and chained up and the doctor, you know, comes to dose her with with her medicine to, you know, pacify her once again. And Jack hits the doctor over the head with a with a metal pan, a bedpan or whatever it is. The girls get out and they head towards the auditorium where Catherine is giving her big presentation. Um, you know, they crash in, they crash through and Catherine sees the real Ashley O. And she's like, oh, fuck. She knows it's over. And then the show ends. But we mm-hmm. do get some after credits with Ashley O playing at the club that she had looked at earlier in the episode, playing the rock music. You know, no wig. She's more, you know, grunge, as some people may say. Mm-hmm. And Jack is actually her yeah. guitar player which is cool and then the little Ashley Tudal is like this little punked out little <laughs> little thing yep I would say probably my favorite episode of of season mm-hmm. five um because it's I think it's definitely a commentary on you know the music industry for sure in and of itself but also how being the true version of yourself or you know being true to yourself how Ashley oh you know, her whole persona is her being this positive ray of sunshine. And she says, you know, be true to yourself. You'll get what you deserve. And meanwhile, she's trying to do that, but she's kind of trapped in this little glass house and being right. controlled by all these music and money moguls. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting episode because it was kind of showing like you have, everyone has these like big stars that they're fans of. And it's kind of just showing you that these stars are real people too they have like these real issues as well and so it's not always happy rainbow sunshine and music for 
I mean, for that artist, like we get all of that stuff, obviously, but whatever they're going through, they don't always show it. And so it was kind of showing that side of the music industry and how they're just kind of expected to be happy all the time and to make music and make money. And I thought it was a really interesting way to portray that. You know, I I think about specific artists like Demi Lovato. Um, She's a pop singer and she started off as like a, a Disney star and she struggled a lot with addiction and she ended up relapsing going into rehab and you know, people were really upset kind of with her that she struggled and she relapsed and had to go to rehab but the thing is is she's a real person she's gonna have mm-hmm. real issues and and I feel like this episode was also like a kind of not only was it portrayed by Miley Cyrus but I feel like it was also almost kind of like her own personal story in a sense of like how she was Hannah Montana, obviously, when she started out. And so, like, Hannah Montana and Ashley O are essentially, like, the same persona in a way. Yep. And then they both, like, Ashley O, the one that does not want to be all happy all the time, kind of transitions into what she really wants to be, which is kind of like Miley Cyrus in her a way. Wrecking like ball. How she, yeah, basically the wrecking ball stage, but obviously Miley Cyrus is not a wrecking ball type of Miley Cyrus anymore yeah but I mean like it's I feel like it was kind of that same story as if it's almost like a personal story for Miley and showing how she struggled with finding how finding out like who she is as not Hannah Montana Mm -hmm. in a sense and like becoming her own person well I think about a lot of other artists who've had um similar arcs I would say it's probably mostly like pop Mm -hmm. um pop artists or those who were who have had like a a longer career one that started when they were much younger think about like you know Justin Bieber or uh, Selena Gomez or Mm -hmm. even Beyonce you know transitioning from this perfect put together little person to somebody who has a lot of different flaws and a lot of different feelings and different ways that they want to express it, whether Mm -hmm. through, you know, they're going to express it through their music, they're going to express it through their behavior, good or bad, um, their style or fashion choices, or who they choose to spend their time with. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as I, I mentioned, you know, Ashley O lives in this glass house and so do, you know, these celebrities in a way because, they open I mean a lot of them open themselves up to it with social media but they're under a microscope you know they can't go anywhere without paparazzi right all over them they have to almost maintain this outward appearance at all times because they are in the public eye I think it's a real commentary on how you know corporations and businesses will take advantage of you know, these money-making people, mm-hmm. you know, at any cost, you know, even if it is pacifying them and putting them into into a coma or even an early grave for that matter. Right. I think of it, some of the legends who have, you know, died so young, um, you know, Prince and Michael Jackson and um, Kurt Cobain and Mac Miller and Amy Winehouse, you know, they were all struggled with their inner demons and probably in a way felt like they couldn't express them um, without receiving some sort of backlash. Right. Well, then I actually, when I was researching on this episode, I found out um, that this story kind of parallels with what happened with 
Kesha and her rifts with her producer and how like I don't know everything about her what happened with her producer but I know like they were trying to steal her songs or something or like take credit for it and like not give her all the money that she basically earned and so there were some parallels along that battle with Kesha's producer and then this episode Mm -hmm. I mean obviously Kesha was not drugged but she did go through a lot and I know that there were some very serious things that happened with her between her and her producer and yeah so I read somewhere that that was kind of like a parallel with what happened to Mm -hmm. Kesha and yeah I think um you know producers uh the one that Emily is speaking of his name is Dr. Luke and he is pretty um infamous at this point now and Mm -hmm. he was actually accused of um, sexually assaulting Kesha but you know he's the producer he's the one who you know puts the song together I suppose um yeah he tries to take like so much credit for all of these songs and mm-hmm. a lot of producers do that you know or agents do that you know Catherine says I made you and you owe me this right and I th- I'm sure lots of uh people who support artists especially in the music industry feel that way too because they sacrificed a lot mm-hmm. um you know time away from their family their friends putting effort into building up this artist to be the success that they are and i know like that um with the whole kesha's um ordeal with her producer like she had to fight to be able to be released from his like their contract yep. even after the whole sexual assault thing happened like he they just could not break off this contract and so she was having this battle of trying to be away from him and be released from him and he had this so much power over her and that was kind of what happened with Ashley and Catherine where Catherine was like I had to take you in when I was 22 years old do you know how much I had to give up to be there for you and all of this stuff like basically trying to make her feel it was like an abusive relationship essentially where Catherine was manipulating her and making her feel bad for doing what i mean like she was probably the godmother of ashley so when her parents died like i mean how is that ashley's fault you know Mm -hmm. i think it's really you know again the copying of the consciousness is -hmm. a recurring theme in in black mirror and you know the kind of the evils of industry and the evils of technology um that kind of lurk about and Mm -hmm you know particularly the music industry here and every every episode of black mirror it makes you think about the, like mm-hmm. what is pushing ethical things too far and that's the same like what happened with like should they have harvested songs from her while she was in a coma absolutely not in my opinion that no. is just insane or, and making this virtual person i mean you know if you're doing concerts worldwide um live streaming or whatever you have to create a lot of content to be able to reap the benefits and right i can't imagine spending you know even 50 bucks to have a virtual concert in no. my in my home the fun of going to a concert is the the live performance and the getting ready exactly. and the energy with all the people there that's what's fun about it and, and the energy of the performer like i mean obviously they can fake everything that Ashley would be doing but you would know it's fake mm-hmm. and that's like not that's not what anyone wants to experience you don't want to experience the fake 
part of the show you want to be there and experiencing every part of it definitely so I it was weird that um they went there and that people were so receptive to it I was like this yeah, is people like oh my gosh this is an awesome idea and I was to like make you guys money. are all dumb like this is horrible yeah you're only thinking about money no kidding um also this episode interestingly enough was filmed in Cape Town South Africa not in Los Angeles or where where I thought that it might be filmed. And um, one other thing, too, that I I found interesting when, you know, Ashley wakes up from her coma and she is, you know, freaking out when, you know, the doctor is going to dose her again. Um, Right before that is when she learned about the horrible fires that happened in California last year and that her home in Malibu uh, was burning. And that was a lot of the, gave her a lot of the emotion behind her, her outbursts and her rage and her crying in, in that performance. That. Yeah. What else did you find out about this episode? Um, I found out that at one point, Catherine was using smithereens when they were in the limo after the show. Oh, yeah. She was on smithereens. And so I didn't realize that until, obviously, because my Netflix messed me up and made me watch these out of order. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she was actually on smithereens and, like, scrolling through. She's like, you're trending or something. And, like, yeah, so Catherine was actually on smithereens, which I found really interesting because, I, I mean, obviously we just learned about smithereens. Yes. And I know that um, in the background of one scene where Rachel and Jack are in their room, um, they've got, like, TV on. And there is a commercial for the willow grain implant, which is from the episode The Entire History of You, where mm. you can get the little um, grain put in and it yep. can play back all of all of, all the, of your memories, your like memories, you see. Yeah. which is, oh my gosh, I could like watch these episodes over and over again. I've, I feel like I need to watch all of these again. I've, I've watched a lot of these in a long time. The... Um, Aside from season five, I've watched them all at least twice. Um, so, yes, this is season five of Black yep. Mirror. Um, only three episodes, pretty short compared to um, some of the other seasons. Mm-hmm. I think some of them have had up to... I think it's six. Six episodes, yep. aside from Bandersnatch, which is a kind of choose-your-own-adventure so let's go into our rating. So we rate on a scale of a one to five stars. You can do halves, but nothing okay. other than that. Um, so let's do Striking Vipers first. Mm, man. How would you rate this on a scale of one to, or zero to five stars? Um, I really, I personally, I really enjoy this episode. I was definitely rooting for them the whole time. I feel like Black Mirror tends to have kind of depressing endings or like not very happy endings and this one was like a really happy ending in a sense and I don't know I just really enjoyed it so I'd probably say like a four out of five. Okay awesome. I'm gonna give this one a 3.5 out of five. I love Anthony Mackie who Mm -hmm. plays Danny and I just thought it was interesting commentary on um, kind of sexual fluidity, and then also kind of the deep bonds that people make um, over like virtual reality or over you know non non um, I don't know how you would say it bonds that people create over social media or even over video games. Right. 
um, or even online dating if you're going that far, but maybe Mm -hmm. these are kind of like unexpected bonds that um, you would create. And I think it's got a lot of, it's going to, people who, especially who fit into the category of those who play online games with their friends or people that they've never met before, but maybe have formed a close relationship, Mm -hmm. I think um, they'll find this one pretty interesting. For sure. Maybe not uh, something that they want to be confronted maybe, with maybe not <laughs> <laughs> but still a really good one yeah for sure um next episode smithereens um with the social media and the the hostage mm-hmm. chris gilhaney this one okay so smithereens is probably if i had to rank the three of episodes that we just watched from this season it was probably like my third one it wasn't my favorite um but I mean, I overall message that it was giving, I really enjoyed that. Um, but I'd probably only give it like a three, which doesn't mean that low. I guess I mean it's like half, almost half, but whatever. It's like a six out of ten. 60%. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it, it was a good. I mean, like it was tense and it kept you like you wanted to know what happened, but then like leaving you on that cliffhanger. I mean, I mean, we'll just kind of assume it was Chris, but like, did he actually die? Did she miss again because she missed before? Like it kind of just made me mad like Mm -hmm. I wanted to have that closure Mm -hmm. I am actually going to give this one a four out of five because Mm -hmm. I think that the message is so relevant it's something that you can't really ignore and since I struggle so much with feeling inundated by social media Mm -hmm. um you know like all of my friends have like apple watches I don't have one but I'm like gosh maybe I do want one and I'm like, no, I don't need to be any more connected. I have, like, notifications for Facebook turned off on my phone um, because I'm so distracted. And and I think it, it would surprise me if there are people, um, you know, out there who have – who are active on social media can't relate to this and mm-hmm. can't understand um, how they fall kind of down this rabbit hole of something that doesn't even matter, like a, a picture of a dog that, you know, liking that comes at such a high cost. Right. Or, you know, texting and driving or, you know, scrolling through Instagram while you're driving or Snapchatting while you're driving. Um, you know, I think it's a theme that everyone can identify with. So it's true. I really liked that one. And, um, I like how they leave the audience out of um, some parts of it. And I'm obsessed with Andrew Scott. I think he's so handsome <laughs> and a really good actor. Um, and then lastly, we have mm. Rachel Jack and Ashley 2 with Miley Cyrus. This one was, okay, so this one was my favorite out of the three. Um, I think it was my favorite too. But it, the only thing I didn't like about it is it felt very rushed, like the narrative of it. It, like, it had to go fast because it was only, I mean, an hour-ish. And, like, there was so many different things they could have done. But, obviously, you only have so much time. But, like, Well, and it covers a lot of character arcs. Right, you think right. that it's about Rachel, but then it's kind of about Jack because right. she does this thing. And then it's about Ashley. It's, yeah, there's just a lot packed in there. And, you know, from the point where Ashley, too, pulls the plug on Ashley O, mm-hmm. then it kind of transforms into this whole other story. And then you're like, oh, gosh, okay, these other things are happening. So mm-hmm. um, there's so much going on because so much going on. there's so many narratives that you have right. to, of all the different characters that you kind of have to keep track of. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably give it, like, 
I want to give it a four and a half, but since that like narrative was so rushed, I'm just like, oh, so I'd probably give it a four. I think I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of five. Um, just because I, I mean, I did like how they built the, the narrative around Rachel and the Ashley two doll, but what it was really about was about Ashley L. And so I can appreciate how they spent that time on Rachel, you know, like the first half of the episode on her, but it was really about the music industry and, um, Ashley O. And I really, really liked Miley's performance in this. I thought Miley great gave an incredible performance she on did. it. She did. So, um, I would say this season has been pretty good. My top three favorite episodes, um, don't fall into this, but another, uh, you know, great couple of stories from Black Mirror relevant for sure. And kind of scary to think about what could happen in the future. Right, but, right. Um, you know, what I love about these shows is they always keep you, keep you thinking and wondering about, you know, different aspects of technology and, and our everyday lives as technology is constantly evolving and changing mm-hmm. around us. Yep, for sure. Great. Well, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in for another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Um, I don't know if Jamie will be back next week. She said she might pop in and uh, record another episode with us, but maybe not for a couple of weeks. So we'll see. You'll be hearing a lot more of this lovely voice for a little bit longer until she's able to join us. Um, But until next week, thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Thank you.